feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me Stop. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who go around this town Welcome to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio. Alex Clancy in studio solo today, Thursday morning, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, follow us. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Just search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on iTunes. All of our archive shows are on there. You can also check VoiceAmerica.com. Search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, and you can find our archive shows there as well. Download the Voice America uh, radio app. It streams shows really easily. Uh, it'll just cue you to uh, the show that's that, that's on at the given time in the genre that you like to listen to. Uh, Voice America, great station, so um, we're doing some big things here. Uh, got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I'll start with Super Bowl a little bit. Uh, Richard Sherman comments about Peyton Manning's throwing ability, um, throwing accuracy, etc. Talk about the reemergence of the Richie Incognito Jonathan Martin case from the Miami Dolphins, and I'll I'll touch a little bit on that. And uh, the new the new news that has come out. I do want to talk some NBA today. Um, Oklahoma City beat the Heat last night, one twelve ninety five. I will talk about if that's fool's gold or, or if that is a real legitimate barometer on uh, where both these teams are at at this given time. And I'll I'll definitely talk some Kevin Durant and LeBron James um, by themselves and and talk about how they're doing this year and and what they need to do in an effort to get back to the finals for LeBron and, and get to the. Get Kevin Durant over the hump to uh, to maybe win a championship this year. Uh, first, Richard Sherman pretty much said in words what everybody else has seen. If you've watched any Peyton Manning this year, uh, his quote is um, Richard Sherman's. His arm, however, is another story. His passes will be accurate and on time, but he throws ducks. Um, this is obvious for anybody that's watched. You could see that a lot of Peyton's throws start tight spirals and end up uh, ducktailing a little bit. Uh, towards the end of of the airtime, uh, it, it's interesting because there's a couple things that, that this brings up. One, maybe the zip isn't there the, from what it used to be, and, and that's been questioned ever since he had the surgeries. Will he have the arm strength that he used to? Uh, he's one of the most accurate passers in the game. He broke passing yards record and touchdown records this year. So uh, I, I think that just because it, he doesn't have as much zip as he used to doesn't mean that he can't get the ball effectively where it needs to go. Uh, but for Richard Sherman he must be salivating to be able to play against Peyton Manning because you lose a split second on your timing, and which that pretty much is uh, all the defensive back needs uh, to swoop in and intercept the ball. So I think that Richard Sherman uh, sees this as an upside. Uh, he, he praised Peyton Manning over and over again. He praised the receiving core. Uh, but he said, and he said this a few weeks back, I think it was four weeks back, he initially said this thing about, uh, Peyton Manning and throwing the ball, and it was brought up to him again during media day uh, at the Super Bowl in New York, and um, and he shared the same sentiment. He he didn't back up from his words, which is good. Uh, he he kind of uh, it wasn't necessarily a backhanded statement, uh, you know, uh, spreckled with uh, with praise, but um, he just brought it to everybody's attention that he knows. And that I'm sure he's watching as much tape as possible on this, finding a way to be able to get uh, in between the receiver and and the ball to uh to maybe make a big impact on this game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who Denver lines up on the left. That's Richard Sherman's side. If they go Julius Thomas, they go size, and not necessarily speed. 
or if they go speed and size with Demarius Thomas to see if he can blow by Richard Sherman. I think that that would be a kind of Russian roulette situation unless you line Wes Welker up on the same side and use Demarius Thomas as a decoy for the majority of the game to get Wes Welker open. Um, the Broncos are all about getting first downs. They throw in first, first down, three-yard gain, second down, four-yard gain. That's just kind of their game. And then you can, that also opens up stretching the ball down the field as well. So using using Richard Sherman to their advantage might be something they could do. It's going to be difficult. The, the game scheme is going to be very complex, complicated, very intricate. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do. Um, yeah, because Richard Sherman's really good. All of their secondary is good. So if you pick on him, make him, make him worth his weight in gold, or you just leave him alone. But that's, that's a big part of the field to not utilize, especially with the, the most potent offense in NFL history. So personally, I think that they should do the latter of the two things that I said previously, which is use Demarius Thomas as a decoy and just have Eric Decker and Wes Welker tear up, uh, tear up what's, what's in front of Richard Sherman when he's, when he's drug out towards, uh, you know, down the field. So we'll see. It, it's just interesting. I'm trying to pick and choose little things here that, that aren't just, well, who's going to win? What do you think? Is the weather going to be an issue and such? So that Richard Sherman uh, interview was pretty interesting. Uh, Marshawn Lynch talked for six minutes and change to the media, which is six minutes and change more than he has all year. Got fined $50,000 by the league for not talking to the media for one second during the regular season. I think it's cool. And when he was asked about it, he just said he, he just wants to go and do his job. And I've, I've never really understood why sitting up on a podium, answering generic questions with generic answers, how did you feel about losing this game? I didn't feel good about it. I don't understand why that that's more beneficial. It, it's not quote-worthy much of the time when people get up on the podium for articles and such or whatever the, the writers are writing about. I don't know if that's more beneficial than a guy just showing it on the field, not causing any ruckus, and going, taking a shower, and going home. I mean, I will side with Marshawn Lynch in the, in that regard. Now, it, it wouldn't be an issue, obviously, if he wasn't you know a top three running back, top ten maybe player in the NFL, because I mean, who would want to talk to a backup safety? I, I mean, there's it's obvious because he's in the spotlight because of beast mode because of all those things. He's a sought-after interview, especially now because he does an interview. So the six minutes, he kind of you could see at the end of the at the end of the press conference, he just kind of ran off. It's like this is not for me. I don't know if the rules will change if there will be a Marshawn Lynch rule later on down the road, where maybe your pay grade will be lower every year if you don't want to talk to the, if you don't want to talk to the media. I mean that seems far fetched at this point, but who knows in the NFL nowadays? Who knows? I just I, I like how he how he holds himself, how he approaches the situation. He approaches it as a job and not trying to get FaceTime. And obviously, you can't say the other people are trying to get FaceTime because it's part of their contract. You'll get fined if you don't talk to the media. So he didn't, and he got fined, and he's I guess he's fine with it. I don't really see him changing in the future. I mean, fifty thousand dollars is 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 pennies compared to uh, what the upper tier guys are making. So. For privacy, I guess $50,000 is the price. So, I like it. I really like it.
Let's talk game time weather. They're saying it's going to get better. The weather is improving, which is great because you don't want... I mean, for the people that live in... I mean, even in the South now with Atlanta and, and the awful things that are happening down there, East Coast, everything, you don't want people to suffer through this. But when it comes to a game of this magnitude, just you, you kind of take what you can get. And, and apparently, it's, gonna, it's getting better. It's in the higher 30s now. And that's during the day. So uh, that's what's being reported. But at night, at 6.30, when the game, t- when the game kicks off, it's got to be a little colder than that. Uh, if there's a little rain, fine. I, I've been saying this whole week and, and part of last week that they should have Super Bowls in cold weather places. Because it's paying homage to all the cold weather teams that didn't make it. See how, see how you like it. San Diego, Arizona, Miami, Tampa Bay. I mean, even Seattle in this regard, because they play in rainy, poopy weather, but they don't play in awful Arctic vortex weather. Like Cleveland. Like Baltimore. You know, the Giants, where, where this game is being held. Patriots. And Deborah and I talked about this on Tuesday, and I think we we had a little disagreement about it. But I believe that a ten six record for a cold weather team is better than a thirteen and three record for a team on the West Coast. Because you play in crap weather, at least half half your home games, and depending on where you go on the road, so it makes you more equipped to play on the road in cold weather than it would if you're going on the road coming from a dome. I do believe that. And unfortunately this year, we're not going to really get to see somebody that's some team that's played in cold weather. You can say Denver has, but Denver has this, I, I, the most sunny days out of the year out of any city in the country. So because it's cold doesn't mean that it's, that it's just shooting down snow at you, shooting down rain, etc., Denver hasn't played. They've played in cold weather this year. They haven't played in with the elements, I guess you could say. No real precipitation plus cold. Well, when they were in New England, they did. And you saw how well that went for them. Seattle's played in rain. But it was 50 degrees and not 20. I just don't know if, if part of the reason why they don't want to put a Super Bowl in cold weather terrain again in a cold weather stadium again. It's because what if the Giants made the Super Bowl this year? What if Baltimore made the Super Bowl this year? They would have a supreme advantage, or even New England. I mean, that, that's a better example because they were close. What if New England made in the Super Bowl, they played Seattle? They would have a huge advantage, in my opinion, with experience in those elements. Granted, their team wasn't as good as Seattle, so maybe it would equal out. But I would assume that warm weather Super Bowl venues allows all of the players to play at their utmost potential, at the full extent of their talent. I mean, I, I, it makes sense. It's valid. I just feel like it's a cop-out to a certain, to a certain extent. If, if if you are the best player 
at your position in the NFL, it doesn't matter where you play. You should be able to perform. I mean, that's my opinion. It's easy for me to say in a, in a studio here, but I truly believe that you should be able to perform anywhere. And I think it's easier for defenses. I mean, it's obviously easier for defenses, in my opinion, because the elements usually affect the offense more than the defense. Usually affect receivers and quarterbacks more than running backs. Unless you have unsure-handed running backs who will fumble the ball when it's cold, like that Detroit-Philadelphia game early on in the well, later on in the year, but uh, weeks ago. I don't know. I'd love to see just a snowball. We always see sunshine. But then again, on the other side, I'm sure some people would say that it, it's so hard to get to the Super Bowl once in your career. Why would you jeopardize it with weather? Why would you jeopardize performances by a full team due to weather? Fans are paying $5,000 a ticket. Why would you make them sit outside in the 20-degree weather? I mean, I get it. Progress is always mocked. Change is always mocked and questioned. So do I think that they're going to put the kibosh on, on the cold weather stadium because of this year and how this game goes? I mean, it'll be taken into consideration, but I don't think that they're going to stop the progression of the NFL just because people don't want to sit in the cold. In Minnesota, I think in 2018... So the next two years, the Minnesota Vikings will be playing at the University of Minnesota while their new, uh, while their new stadium is being built, and they are going to bid for the Super Bowl in 2018, and that's going to be an outdoor stadium. Arizona's next year. San Francisco is the year after. And I think it's somewhere in Florida in 2017. And then so you, you have, you have a three-year three window, and then you go right into the tundra of Minnesota. I think it'd be awesome if you couldn't deduce that already from from my rant. Got to take a break. On the other side, I want to talk a little Richie Incognito. I'm not going to spend a whole segment on it, but I do want to bring up some interesting things that his lawyer said about Jonathan Martin and the text mess conversations relationship that Incognito and Jonathan Martin had. Talk NBA, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kwame Lester Sports Talk, Voice America Radio. I'll be back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. 
We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand-in-hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Arms. Let's talk Alex Clancy solo in studio today. Voice America Radio. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. At Kwame Lasseter for Kwame. At Deborah underscore Debris for Deborah. Trying to build our fan base here. Feel, feel free to call in 888-346-9144. Love to talk to you. Uh, we've talked Super Bowl a little bit. I believe that's going to be the only topic we'll talk about tomorrow probably because it's coming up this weekend. It's going to be a lot of ins and outs, and, and, and I'm excited to talk about that fully tomorrow. Uh, I do want to talk about Rinji Incognito. For those of you who don't know, don't remember, Ridge Incognito was suspended by the Miami Dolphins due to Jonathan Martin, another offensive tackle, accusing him of bullying, showing text messages that were crude. I mean, I'll give that to them. Uh, Jonathan Martin pretty much said he couldn't handle locker room banter, couldn't handle the locker room quote-unquote abuse. Um, He was kind of extradited by or exiled by his team because the locker room is sacred. So that's where we stood. Jonathan Martin left the team on his own accord. Rigi Cognito was suspended for two weeks without pay and then compromised to be on the suspension with paid list by the NFL. So he's getting paid, and he got paid throughout the end of this year. Incognito had a checkered past. Uh, he once sexually assaulted or allegedly sexually assaulted a woman at a charity golf tournament. He's had issues. It's come out with his history of abuse when he was younger and Jonathan Martin went to Stanford, got a four Oh played football, got drafted by the dolphins. I always brought into question if he ever really wanted to play football. He went to Harvard Westlake private school in Los Angeles, right down the street from where I grew up. He might've just been bigger than everybody else through high school, through college. He had Andrew Luck as a quarterback. He protected his blind side, but it was Andrew Luck. So maybe it made him look better than he was. Drafted by the Dolphins, and that was it. He was in it. So maybe the emotional and mental strain on the NFL was too much for him, so he walked away. And maybe Richard Incognito was a scapegoat. Who knows? But what came out today, or yesterday, I believe, was that there were text messages from Jonathan Martin to Richie Incognito that were of the same ilk that were sent vice versa. His attorney, Mark Shamel, alleges that Martin sent text messages to Incognito, which, quote, included threats to send someone over to Ringy Incognito's home with a tranquilizer gun and sandpaper condoms to homosexually rape him. 
That's what Shamel said that one of the text messages said. And quote, another said that he would kill Richie's whole family. End quote. This is this is interesting. Um, obviously, crude, unusual, uh, offensive, what have you. With, with the obvious reactions that people would have to those to those text messages. All of this since day one has been taken out of context. So we're able to magnify things that may really have just been banter back and forth. This just sways the scale a little bit more towards the middle than what it had before when Jonathan Martin was definitely in the power position. There was also the issue of of racism with Incognito's text, which obviously holds a lot of weight. I'm not really sure what to make of this yet. I am happy, though, that this is the only thing that has come out during Super Bowl week. Because, if, I mean, if they, if they lowered the boom on everything, it would have been another Super Bowl where an outside story overshadows, to a certain extent, the most exciting day in sports every year. Arguably. So, uh, the article went on to say that a decision would be made after the Super Bowl, which is great. If they were smart, they'd wait a week. Let it dissipate a little bit. Let people start to get depressed about football being over and then bring it out when people need something football-oriented to read and follow. So, I mean, I feel like that's what's going to happen. We'll see. But we got a taste. Yeah, this this is, I don't know who to believe now. Kwame and I talked about this weeks and weeks ago when this first came out, that one day, especially the first day, Jonathan Martin was the good guy. And then the second report, Incognito was the good guy. And then the third report, it was kind of in the middle. And then Incognito's uh, one-on-one conversation that was televised, he was the good guy. I feel like, personally, that he was applying for another job, pretty much. But it's still there's still so many open ends on this story. Kwame, are you there? I'm here. Okay, so what do you think about the Incognito thing with this stuff coming out that Jonathan, uh, that Incognito's attorney now comes out with the allegations of the text messages from Martin to Incognito being as bad or maybe even worse than what Incognito sent to him. Does it mean anything? Um, it does. If they got, I'm sure they both attorneys were waiting for these text messages. You know, you can go anytime you got a serious case as, as, as this, you can go to whatever phone services those guys are using and subpoena those uh, texts, the text that they, um, went back and forth with. And if it is, then I don't, I don't know so much if there is a case that both of them talk to this way. I don't agree with the talk anyway of uh, calling someone out of their name and using derogatory and using uh, racial slurs and all that. But if it's, if it's done both ways, I don't see where there's a case for Martin. Um, anyway, it looks bad that uh, Incognito doing because he's of another race. Um, but again, like I said, I'll be the first to say I don't think any race should be using those against anybody. But there's no 
there's no case. You have to bring everybody to the table. And I don't, I don't believe in wasting taxpayers' money and time uh, to find out who said what when both of them, when the evidence is on text. It's kind of like seeing a crime on video and letting the criminal go free. You have everything you need. What, what's, you know, you got to throw this out. What should have happened with the uh, Philbin and the Miami Dolphins? They should have they took care of this in-house. And I, and I go back to when Jonathan Martin is for camp. You got your, your left tackle not showing up to protect the blind side of your, your franchise player and your quarterback, is, that should have been a problem. That should have been a warning sign. That should have been a light bulb over here or a distress signal. Where is my left tackle to protect this quarterback? You cannot miss two days of camp, whether it's involuntary or not, unless there was an, a, a, an extensive excuse or reason why, health reason, medical reason, family reason, but there wasn't. He just didn't show up, and maybe that's when all this was transpiring into what it is today. So who's who, who's at fault? Are they both at fault? They're both at fault because it went on long as it, it should. Um, someone should have stepped in. I, I don't know at what point it got to the team, but they're both at fault. This should have never got that far. It should have been nipped in the bud right away. Okay, so say it, say it was, would it be them both being dismissed, or would it be them sitting them down in a room like Philbin and whoever it is, general manager, whoever you want to bring in there, sit them down in a room and, and hash it out? Or I, I don't, I don't, because I know, I know that you are a huge proponent, obviously, because you play it like the locker room is sacred. Like, like yeah. I get that. I just don't know how. Uh, we well, we never would have heard about it anyways if that was the case. So, right. Some, well, well, the coach always have their stool pigeon, some uh, some guy who has no morals. And who runs back and tell the coach this and that? There's a, there was there's a guy or two on every team, and without fail, there's a guy on every team or two that runs back to tell the coach to him so he wouldn't be in a good grace with the coaches. Uh, and you don't have to do that, man. You just play ball. You let the locker room be your home. But the coach do have it, whether it be somebody, whether it be one of the players, or it might be one of the trainers, or it might be one of the equipment managers. But it's somebody that hears something where you thought was said in jest. But it, uh, a bigger story is made out of it, and if that's the case, and, and Philbin heard about this back then, then that should have, you know, as a as a head coach, let me nip that in the bud right now. We're not gonna have this talk. I know the guys, I know it's probably something I shouldn't have heard, but it is a could be a nine one situation. Now look where they are today. So I I don't know who's uh when, when we talk about those guys, I was on a seesaw with Incognito saying this and then Martin saying that like. I think I still think he's a talented player where he can should be playing on another team, but there's no room for that. Then you look at the track record of Incognito. He's been doing it since college. He's been kicked out of different colleges, but everybody thinks he still can play, and he is a he is a guy you want on your team as far as athletic ability and winning football games goes. He is that guy. But when you disrupt the the uh, atmosphere of a locker room with with how you talk to people, you can only take a joke so far before be, before it becomes serious. And I, and I think if Philbin knew through one of his stool pigeons or one of his current uh, turncoats, that should have been nipped in the bud, even though you wasn't supposed to know about it. Somehow, as a coach, you, you're a psychologist also. You have to be able to put that to a cease because you you got to see you got to foresee the danger of what it could do to a team. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's all true. I agree with that. I just think I mean, Richie Incognito's past, obviously, as you as you alluded to a little bit, had to have something to do with this. Like, if he was a sweetheart his whole career. Well, I would assume that these conversations may not be happening to the degree, 
But I mean, this is this is banter. This is this is locker room stuff. I even experienced this in high school when I played basketball. Like I, it's not not to this uh, not to this extent, obviously, but it's part of the culture. It's just part of people ribbing each other. You know, you guys are a family. I mean, it's like yeah. it's like you're ribbing your brother. And and you were right. And I one of the things you got pissed off about initially when this story came out was that Philbin kind of pushed him a little bit forward to do this because he yeah. was the mentor and all that stuff and. And I think he obviously took it too far. I don't know if this was just a loss in translation exchange for, for a certain period of time, or if Jonathan Martin just had a bad day and walked out. I mean, I, we 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 really don't know, and we'll find out. I I hope this kind of goes away. I hope that I I hope they you know they'll cut ties. I'm assuming with both players, and I hope they go their separate ways. And and I hope Jonathan Martin gets a job. I'm sure Incognito will, but I hope Jonathan I, I, Martin gets a job at, at some point. And I have to believe that he walked out because he felt like there was nobody that he can go talk to. Because you just don't leave a, a, a multi-billion dollar business and not have somebody in there you can talk to, whether that be another teammate or a coach. But, so that's what my problem was. If Philbin set this guy, programmed this guy to do this. If you program this guy to do this, that has a lot to say about the head coach. But when the head coach had his press conference, all I heard was about his kids go to school two blocks away. I, what I care about that. I <laughs> yeah, and what he did with uh, with Ocho Cinco, he just let him go. Let him go. When, when Ocho Cinco, I mean, that was it was the most drawn out. That was the most drawn out. Uh, we're releasing you conversation. It was so awkward to watch on Hard Knocks. Uh, we have to right. take a break. On the other side, we'll talk a little more football. And then I do want to talk about the Oklahoma City Miami Heat game from last night. What story Ooh. it really told? What if the score was indicative of? how good each team is, if the Heat were taking a night off, if they were trying to rest, if the Thunder were on fire. We'll talk about it. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Kwame on the line, Alex Clancy in studio, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Voice America Radio. flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete in life after the game host lamar campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world you'll understand the goals motivations and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career tune in to life after the game with lamar campbell every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america sports channel Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand-in-hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio, Kwame Lasseter on the line. Talked incognito, we talked some Richard Sherman. I want to jump into basketball, and then we'll we'll finish the last segment. We'll talk about uh, the Super Bowl a little bit more, and I'll ask you about the weather that that uh, we talked about on Thursday with Deborah, and get your take on it. Oklahoma City one twelve, Miami Heat ninety five last night. I feel personally that this game isn't a real test. Uh, it didn't prove to be a real test for either team. 16 of 27 from 3 for Oklahoma City. Derek Fisher, 5 for 5. Jeremy Lamb, 4 for 6. 33 points between those two guys. That doesn't happen normally. Um, Reggie Jackson got in early foul trouble, starting point guard for the for the Thunder. So Derek Fisher comes in, and they were down 22 to 4 to start the game. Derek Fisher comes in, and what he's done over his career has been clutch. It doesn't necessarily need to be in the fourth quarter towards the end of a game with 0.4 seconds left against San Antonio. But anytime that his team needs a bucket, he gets it. I understand that. But five for five from three, they blew this game open in the middle of the third quarter, and personally. When one really good team blows another really good team out, I just see it as another game. I don't see it as a statement. Neither of these teams need to have a statement game. The only time they'd really see each other is in the finals. So, personally, uh, I, I didn't see a huge a huge deal with this game. Durant, 33-7-5, extended his 30-plus point scoring uh, streak to 12 games. LeBron, 34-3. The one thing that I saw from LeBron is that the facilitating LeBron goes away sometimes. It never used to before. He averages 6.9 assists over his career. He's averaging 6.4 this year. He had he averaged over 7 last year, which was really impressive for a guy that that is ball dominant, but you have other guys that are ball dominant on the team and he doesn't really demand the ball every second of every game. It's the majority, but it's not like Kobe time where he needs the ball all the time. So his his assists are down, which is difficult to understand. With they still have the same firepower. I understand Dwayne Wade's hurt, and he's getting older. But if he can bring his assist total up for the rest of the year, they go on a run, get the number one seed, and probably ride off into the sunset if he continues it through the playoffs. Kwame, did you watch any of this game last night? I watched all of it. You did, I yeah. Watched, so watched so what did you take? What did you take away from it? Well, with the, I saw a twenty-two to four. Uh, league, it was twenty to four league. Miami had the league. I watch. Um, I watched Reggie uh, Jackson get in foul trouble for the Oklahoma Thunder's, um, but I watched them fight back to take the lead and never relinquish that lead. Um, this team would not see each other again to the finals. So you ask yourself, who who is that team that's going to come out of the West? 
it's probably two or three teams that can come out of the West. We can never discount the San Antonio Spurs. But when I saw that game last night, Miami, I hope and like to think that Miami say, well, we don't have to see them again until we play them in a championship if Miami is that team to play in the championship. I still think they have to play, uh, go against the Pacers. I, it was more lethargic than anything for, for the Miami Heat, uh, which is disappointing in itself because I want to make a statement every time I show up to play. Every time I get on the basketball court, there's a statement to be made because I don't want any team to feel like they can beat us whether we were playing a certain way or we were taking a night off, which is would be criminal for someone to take a night off um, professionally. I, I, I hope it was a – I like to think it was a statement game for the Oklahoma City Thunders. We, we that, That's the hottest team in the league right now, the Oklahoma City Thunders. We want to make a statement. When we come back and we have to have home field advantage, uh, home court uh, advantage, that this possibly can happen in the seven-game series, but we want to win four of those. I, I think they came out and played. I don't care who was in that game. We mentioned um, uh, Reggie Jackson getting in foul trouble. Clutch shooters come in. Well, they, that that might happen in a series. You have to come in and be able to play. Well, at least we got a bench. You look at that bench. That bench scored about 33, 37 points to Miami's 12 to 15 points. That's a huge difference coming off the bench. So Miami has to tighten up their bench. There's a lot of things they have to tighten up uh, and not get in the deficit like they was. I think they lost about about 21 points they lost that game by. When would, why would you take a night off and lose by 21? That's the same conversation, similar to the conversation we had with the uh, the um, Indiana Pacers and the Phoenix Suns when they beat them by 21, 25 points. Now tonight I think that team plays, uh, and we'll see what happens. That does, that does something to your psyche when you lose by that many points to a professional team when you're arguably, arguably the best team in, a, in the NBA with that. I don't have a problem with Dwayne Wade coming off the bench. I think that's, I think it benefits the Miami Heat, he coming off the bench. Yeah, I he agree. Is getting, but he's still mentally sharp as basketball knowledge goes. He still can hit some shots. I, I watched Dwayne Wade drive to the basket and do what he's done his entire career. I don't want. To, I don't have to ask you to do that for a whole forty-eight minutes. Uh, there's some guys on that bench that can do it. There's some guys on that team that can do it. But to lose in a certain manner, they did. I hope it was. We took the night off. As again, as I mentioned, that would be criminal for some professional guys in the caliber team. I mean, it is. But for Oklahoma City Thunder, the way they came out and played, it's a statement game. We want to win as many games as we can, so we got home court. Because if we have to see you again, we want to win those games that we win at home. Now we know we can win on your home court, so all we have to do is win. All we have to do is win one or two on your home court, and we out. Yeah, and, and this—that's yes, correct. Um, I, it's interesting that. Do you remember when San Antonio last year sat all their big guys when they went to Miami? Don't that was that. so that. That's kind of like midway through the third quarter. It seemed like Miami was like, "Okay, you can have this one. It's on our home court. It's fine." Uh, I think that the only thing that really came out from this, and I'm sure you'll share, share the same sentiment here, is Kevin Durant looks really good. Uh, I understand that LeBron James was taken out during the early part of the second quarter, and Kevin Durant went nuts. So this all, all of his points were not all on LeBron James. Obviously, the defender's going to get more tired than the, than the offensive player trying to lock down somebody for a whole game and then go play on the offensive side of the basketball, on the offensive side of the court. But he's looked really good ever since... Uh, ever yeah. since Russell Westbrook went out, 36 and a half, six, six boards, six assists. Rebounds have dropped, assists have gone up. 
He's shooting. He's still shooting almost fifty four percent from the field, taking twenty two shots a game, which is ridiculous to me. Almost ninety percent from the line. His efficiency is unwavering, and wow. obviously last night he looked so good. He looked in control of his game, and he's still shooting. He's not taking the bad shots that he used to take. He's taking an extra dribble. He's passing, reposting up, passing, repositioning before attacking the basket, which is showing the maturity that he may have lacked early on. So this is, he's starting to supplant himself as the best player in the NBA. And with Russell Westbrook going out, my question to you is, do you think that he can lead a team to a championship if you subtract Russell Westbrook and add a couple of more role players, like a solid point guard and maybe a low post guy? Do you think that he could lead a team to a championship on his own? Well, before I answer that, I, I, I saw one shot. When you got some of the best players in the world playing against each other, they thrive off that. You, when you, when you watched Kevin Durant last night, he was every possession. He seemed like he was excited to guard uh, LeBron James, and and it does take a lot of effort out you. That's why that's why the two top guys can't guard each other the entire game, unless you Kobe or unless you LeBron, unless you Kevin Durant, and you ask for that matchup. They are, they get excited about that. Uh, I've seen him take one crazy shot, which I think he threw it up and it hit the side of the, the basket. Um, but other than that, that guy's playing lights out. Can he lead a team to a championship with some role players? Absolutely, he could do that. But will he win it? No. He needs Mike. He, he needs Westbrook. Westbrook is Westbrook is rated as one of the best in the league. He's in the top ten as one of the best in the league. Westbrook, as much as I don't can't figure out why he don't understand that's Kevin Durant's team. And he still has to be the one. He, he almost approaches the game or the rhythm as like, like I can shoot two, I can play two, um, I can I can do this, I can do that, and he does it with no regards to giving the ball to the best guy on on his team, I believe, in Kevin Durant, uh, probably the top three in the NBA in Kevin Durant, pure shooter that he is. So I know Kevin Durant can lead the team with some role players because he did it last night, played against the best in the world last night. I, I believe he could lead them to a championship. But to win a championship, I think you need West, uh, Westbrook. Who, Brian Westbrook? Yeah. Who's gonna, um, who's gonna stop Westbrook? Who's gonna stop Kevin Durant? And then Ibaka, the role player they got. He get he had twenty four points last night off of playing dirty basketball, yeah. playing beat up basketball down low in the post. No plays run through him. Rebound, offensive rebound, putting it back up. They got a complete team, I believe. But I think. To win it, they need Westbrook. So with Westbrook, I think to answer your question, who's going to stop Westbrook? Westbrook is. If he shoots three yeah. for seventeen, that 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 completely stagnates the whole offense. And I've said this, and I'll continue to say it. I'm going to continue to say this that a point guard cannot be your leading scorer, and he's close in Oklahoma City. When he was there, they're they're always two or three points separated from each other, which is close enough because you don't usually have two twenty-five plus scoring guys on one team. That'll stagnate the offense if he's your leading scorer or close to it. Yeah, he's Westbrook is Westbrook is his own defender. He's always stopped himself. But when he gets into a rhythm and he's hot, we've seen that nobody can stop him. It's hard to tell somebody like him and Allen Iverson you can't be the leading scorer. That's why Iverson went to number two. You ain't bringing me here to pass the ball. Which I will never forget those words. Um, and Westbrook feel like to me just his approach. He just feel like he got something to prove. He, if you look around the league, uh, even us looking outside in, we already we know he's good. We know he could. He's yeah, that's not in question. Yes, 
but he's he's that he's that guy where um I think you need to compliment. He need to be complimentary. If if he's on when he's on, you always see Kevin Durant passing him the ball because Kevin Durant know he's on. But when Kevin Durant's on, you see Westbrook still taking that shot, still taking those shots and not giving the hot guy the ball. Um, so he needs to get in the mindset of knowing what as a point guard, knowing who has the hot hand and be the distributor like a Steve Nash does. Be that type of guy and take your shots and, and keep it balanced and drive to the basket and do what you do because it opens up a lot of things with the talent he has. He opens up a lot of their offense just by his talent, but mentally I just don't see him um, wanting to play second fiddle to anybody. No, that's no true. Has- I mean, that's and that's fair because but what because he was a shooting guard coming out of coming out of college at UCLA. Steph Curry was a point guard that played shooting guard coming out of Davidson. Stephen Curry has learned how to play point guard. Yes, he still takes a lot of shots. Yes, he's their leading scorer. So in that in that uh, in that equation, they're not going to win a championship at Golden State that way, in my opinion. And Russell Westbrook hasn't even learned as much. He gets he gets good assist numbers. He can jump through the roof, so he gets a lot of rebounds. But the whole uh, makeup of his work is still a shooting guard. And I think you're right. He should play shooting guard on another team. He can't play shooting guard at Oklahoma City. There's no way that there's enough basketballs to give around to Kevin Durant and to Russell Westbrook. And you have to have a point guard that is a, has a pass-first mentality or they're not going to win, in my opinion. Well, that staff and that, that team, that head coach, haven't figured that out. So maybe that's not the conversation. Maybe they said, maybe they said those things to uh, Westbrook and he just, when he gets in the game, he loses his mind. Yeah. But I don't know. I, to the initial question, yeah, I think they have a championship caliber team. They would get there. They would be the team coming out of the West. They would get there. But I, I still honestly feel like to win that game, I don't know. Who on Miami Heat? Let's say that it's against Miami Heat. Who on Miami Heat can guard Westbrook? Who can check him for 48 minutes, possibly seven games? Yeah, it used so, to be Dwayne what, Wade. It used to be Dwayne Wade, not anymore. Dwayne Wade, but he can't do that anymore. Westbrook yeah. is, even with a knee injury, Westbrook is still better than Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade plays hard. He's serviceable. He's still the, one of the top, um, and I'm not, not because of what he did, but, but what he can do night in and night out. He's still one of the top NBA players in the game um, that compliments the uh, See, Westbrook doesn't have what Dwayne Wade had. When, when LeBron came to Miami, he complimented. He knew that the talented LeBron James, all I have to do is give him the ball, take my shots when I take them, and make them count. That's how they won. That's how he has three World Series, three, uh, national, three championships, NBA championships now, because he was able to, to play, if you will, second fiddle to LeBron James, but still beat Dwayne Wade and get his points out. Westbrook learns that. Let Kevin Durant lead us there. Let me give him the ball. Let me take my shots when I take them, but still keep up. I, I say he still need to have that same mentality that he has, but but he also has to understand giving Kevin Durant the ball, who's the best. He and uh, Steph Curry, the pure shooters in the game, um, not to mention Ray Allen, who come, who still can shoot the ball well. But yeah. he has to learn how to, who knows who's hot as a point guard. Yeah. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll continue this conversation in the last segment. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lesser on the line. Kwame Lesser, Sports Talk, Voice America Radio. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
the job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Oh, yeah. That was for you, Kwame. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports. That's the only sexy voice I'll do. Uh, Alex Clancy in studio, Kwame Lasseter on the line. We've been I'm talking. Do that again. Huh? <laughs> No, that was funny. <laughs> I think you. I, I went a higher octave for you, so it sounded as little sexy as possible. But you um, got a high octave voice, so uh, my voice is deeper than yours. So oh, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh, we've been talking to NBA, talked some football early on. You know what? I, I want to jump back to football because I talked with Deborah about this uh, two days ago. And really briefly, I said personally, and she disagreed with me, which is fine. I I said personally, I think that a ten and six record in a cold weather uh, stadium is equally as uh, impressive as a thirteen and three record in a West Coast stadium, saying they play the same exact people, same exact teams, because the elements come more into play. You're not playing on exemplary with exemplary conditions all the time. Do you agree, disagree, or indifferent? You see, are you talking about the ten and six Cardinals? No, I'm talking about the ten, no ten and six East Coast team. Say the Giants were ten and six, and uh, the Cardinals were you know twelve and four, thirteen and three. I'm just right. saying, like, how much? And the point of my question was, the point of my scenario was, how much does weather play a part, and will that play a part in keeping the NFL from having a cold weather Super Bowl again? Well, anytime you have a, a ten and six team, you have a pretty good team. A, a team in the National Football League that can win ten games. Obviously, their, their mental is in the right place. So, and, and you will look at it probably six of those games that they lost. They might have won three of those. Um, and then you look at those six games they did lose. Where were they? Where were they lost? In a cold weather place or late in the season, early in the season to a cold weather team? Mentally, it, it doesn't matter when you get on the field. Uh, no one's thinking about the weather if you're trying to win a football game of this importance. And let's, say, let's just say it's a championship game, AFC championship game or NFC championship game. But this happened, let's talk about the Super Bowl since it's right in front of us. 
once you're out there, we're all in the same condition, and I don't care where you play or where you come from. Denver is not playing in the same cold weather in Denver that they playing in in New York. That's a different ball game. So the elements, as far as the passing game, what you want to do strategically changes up. The elements is the passing game will change up. So you might. That's why a lot of a lot of prognosticators are giving um, the Seattle Seahawks a kind of an edge because of the running game they have, but. Denver has a running game also, but it's also predicated off the pass and what they do in that passing game. And then LaShawn Moreno does what he does at the running game because it opens it up. But if you're not able to pass and you're one-dimensional, then you lose part of what you do best as a football team. I don't think the cold weather with, with, with these two teams, because of the coaching style, uh, because of the players following their coach, because of the mentality of who the coaches are and the players are, I don't know if it's going to play so much of a role in this football game. Uh, not with these two teams. A lesser team, probably 8-18, eight and 18, that got into the playoffs somehow and got to go out somewhere, uh, got to go somewhere cold, may find a way to lose those games because they think about everything else but football. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair, but if it's 25 degrees outside, you can't, not, you can't help but not think about the weather, right? I mean, and th- that was one of the crux, that was the crux of my argument that you guys are just humans. I mean, you, the, the, the players are... are Supremely talented individuals with certain skill sets that, with warm weather, will yield, you know, a hundred percent ability to use all of your skill sets. When it's twenty-five degrees and snowing hard, you know, some things are going to be curtailed. And again, especially on the offensive side of the football, as you said, so that that was that was my whole reason for the questioning, um, because and I said earlier in the show that uh, my uh, Minnesota, I believe, is going to vie for the two thousand eighteen Super Bowl. And with their new stadium, and it's going to be an outdoor stadium, no dome. So that will beg the question, will this year predicate what 2018 will bring if this year is you know, a good Super Bowl in bad weather? Yeah, no, you know I, don't I, mean? think this, I don't think a Super Bowl should ever be played in cold weather. I don't, I don't believe in being fair in that situation where we let's give New York a Super Bowl. Uh, I, I don't think Super Bowl should ever be played in weather like this again because – you lose a lot of the marketing money uh, that you could gain from uh, different players, different people coming from to the, to those games where they generate millions of dollars. Uh, let's say this game, that same game is played in San Diego. Uh, San Diego, San Diego is somewhat a small market to hold a Super Bowl. Let's say this game is played in New Orleans somewhere. You, well, you can generate a whole lot of money for that town, for that city, and then everybody can enjoy it. How many people do you think will be sitting out there Maybe because there's a lot of corporate tickets been sold, it'll be sitting in that cold weather. It's supposed to be 30 degrees at game time and probably drop to 20. It's football weather, but it's not football weather for the fans. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's fair, especially if you're paying thousands of dollars for the. So, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I agree with. Um, for the, it's not really even about the game; it's about the week leading up to the game. Because I remember you saying when you were in Dallas, it was raining and awful and. It kind of took away from a lot of the allure of being in Dallas and going to the Jerry Dome, right? Yeah, well, that, that was a uh, no. I, I know one game is uh, when you're losing real bad, you start thinking about everything but winning, especially when you're losing bad. But yeah, if it's raining in Dallas, man, it was the Dallas. It was actually snow in Dallas. That was nothing like a Super Bowl should be. It was snow out there everywhere. They stopped. They stopped flights from coming in. They were uh, so they lost money with that. Uh, a lot of the uh, Paid appearances and appearances that a lot of athletes go to were canceled. 
Uh, so I don't think it's been cold weather where it hinders the game, even though it was played out in the Dome in Dallas. But it, it's, you just don't lose that. It's not a, a lure that it would be in this day and time that it was then when they played in when the Green Bay Packers and I think it was was Dallas played in those situations, that ice bowl, if you will. Uh, I just don't think it should be played in. I think it should be enjoyable not only for the players but also as, as the fans, the corporate sponsors, and all where they generate a lot of these monies. Yeah, I mean that's fair, and and uh, you know, I mean that's fine. I, I would like to see it in cold weather again. Uh, but I understand that I probably won't be going to it in cold weather, so it's easy for me to say, sitting on my couch with, with you know the heat on, watching it, drinking a beer, as opposed to spending all that money just to be snowed on for four and a half hours, um, f- possibly. So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to see what the future will bring with regards to weather in the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, we got to go. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. Call me. We'll be back in studio tomorrow hosting the show. I will be no, here as well. Oh, you're not going to be I'll, here? I'll be, I'll be in New York. I'll be calling in from New York. Oh, he'll be calling in from New York. Never mind. Uh, okay. Alex, I will be by myself in studio then again tomorrow. Kwame will call in. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. At Kwame Lasseter for him. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Voice America Radio, Cormac Lasseter Sports Talk. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.